And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful time today. I just got off a conference call with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, of course, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. Some of you may have joined that call. Those are my calls, my conference calls. It happen every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time, the National Awakening Coalition conference call. He said something, of course, he always does say something that I find interesting, but somebody asked him, what do we do about conservatives, Republicans, so-called, who say, well, you know, we've kind of lost on the, on the issue of transgenderism and homosexuality, and we just need to just leave that alone. Just forget about that. Move on to other things. And his answer was, we have to be Christians first. We have to be Christians first. And I thought, there you go. <laughs> Very simple. We're Christians first. We're not politicians. We're not pundits. We're not prognosticators. We're not, we're not commentators. We're, we're first and foremost Christians. And we have to continue to bring a Christian worldview to the situation. Because if we're just politicians or we're just Republicans or we're just conservatives or whatever, then, you, well, you know, we, we, we need to, let's compromise a little bit. We can back off of that. Oh, we don't, we don't. Yeah, that's not, that's not expedient. But that's not who we are. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And he actually said this. He said, if I have to back off of my conviction." That homosexuality is sin. Now I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is in effect what he said. If I have to back off my Christian biblical conviction that homosexuality is sin and, and, and that all this transgender nonsense is just, it's just madness, if that's what it takes for me to get elected, he said, I just won't get elected because I'm not doing it. And I thought, praise God. That's the kind of leadership we need. You know, most here's the problem with our political system. Here's one problem of uh, there are several, but one problem with our political system is it, it it teaches people not to lead, but to figure out what people want and then simply reflect that. And real leadership is about persuading people of what they might not have even thought about. It is trying to get them to go in the right way. Leadership, from a Christian perspective, in my view, is influencing people to follow God's will for their lives and God's overall plan for mankind, for society. Okay, so a leader influences people to follow, a Christian leader influences people to follow God's plan, God's purpose, God's will for their lives, not what is politically expedient, but what is spiritually right. And I'll tell you, I, I have nothing but respect for the man. I hope he does become the next governor of North Carolina because we need leaders like that all over the country to right the ship of state. Because right now we are, a, a lot of our leadership, and this includes some Republicans too, are really adrift. They are, they're morally and spiritually confused. And they're not anchored in the word of God and so they just kind of drift all over the place, which is exactly what a ship does when it's not anchored, right? It just kind of drifts. Uh, so praise God for him and, and, and others like him. Be praying for him because he, he really is, he's a standout. He's unique because he, many of our politicians, but there are others, of course, there are others. Bob Good in the 5th District of Virginia, a good friend of mine, he's, he's like that too. And I know there are others, some of whom I know, some of whom I don't know. But, but we need more like them. We need more like them with the courage of their convictions uh, that they're not, they're not 
politically for sale. I was going to use another phrase, but I, th- I guess I won't do that. <laughs> but they're not, they're not politically for sale. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get to a couple of issues here. And, uh, and then a little later in the program, we'll start taking your calls. Stacey Abrams, who's running in Georgia, has once again refused to acknowledge that she lost in 20, what was it, 2018. She refuses. Now, I thought that to refuse to acknowledge that you lost an election was, was tantamount to high treason. I thought it was, it was the end of patriotism. I thought you deserved to be tarred and feathered or drawn and quartered or put in the stocks or what? Something. I mean, because it's just the most terrible thing you can ever do, which is to question the outcome of an election. Isn't that what we've been told? Right. If you if you question the outcome of the 2020 election, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're right wing crazy. You're you're dangerous. You're you're an enemy of democracy. Well, a court has now ruled that Stacey Abrams had no basis to challenge the outcome of the 2018 election. A court has now ruled that she lost, in effect, and that there's no basis for her to challenge it. And she still won't let it go. So what does that make her? And, and here, you know, what she's claiming, she's not claiming any fraud. She's not claiming any cheating. She's just claiming that there are policies in place that do not allow people to exercise their right to vote. You know, things like, you know, real, really big hurdles like voter ID. Ooh, you've got to have an ID. Really? Uh, I just rented a car a couple days ago. Guess what I needed to show? An ID. I just got on an airplane a few days ago. Just what I need. Guess what I needed to show? An ID. I'll be checking into a hotel tonight. Guess what they're going to ask me for? An ID. And, and, and frankly, from my perspective, none of those activities, while necessary for what I do, none of those activities is nearly as important as voting. Doesn't even come close. They're not even in the same class. And yet, I'm told you shouldn't have to have an, a, an ID for voting, although you've got to have an ID to do almost anything else of any significance in this society. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. But she's still whining and moaning and groaning about it. And she stands by her complaint and blah, 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 blah. My prayer is that she will be so soundly defeated in her election in Georgia that in the years to come, people will be saying, Stacy, who? No, never heard of her. She will become a forgotten entity politically. She's a human being. I hope she gets saved. That's what she really needs. Uh, I pointed out, in fact, I'm going to be pointing out to voters in Georgia, and I'm pointing it out here on the program, but I, we're going to actually, I, my, my pack is going to actually run some spots. A person who says that the fluttering heartbeat or the beginning of, of the, the, the fluttering of what will develop into a, a full-blown heart for that baby is nothing but a trick to control the bodies of women. A person who is that hard-hearted toward a baby doesn't need to get anywhere near the levers of power in America. Because that person, in my view, is a cold-blooded monster. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, many colleges and universities have speech codes and other policies that narrow the realm of permissible speech. And what started on campus has made its way to the broader society. 
You know, this was a topic on my radio program, and one day I was interviewing the president of a Christian college, and the next day I was interviewing Nadine Strassen, former president of the ACLU. Both were against the suppression of speech, even though they come from very different political perspectives. Now, Erwin Lutzer, in his new book, No Reason to Hide, devotes part of a chapter to how words and policies suppress speech. He believes that word control will lead to thought control. It puts parameters around what people can say. So one university posted a list of offensive words. Students and faculty must stop using words and phrases like picnic, trigger warning, or even rule of thumb. And then there are other words that have been flagged in society. These include such things as freshman, victim, survivor, addict, disabled person, policeman, and many others. I believe we should be sensitive to words that could be harmful to another person, but I also agree with Erwin Lutzer that PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, goes too far when it wants baseball to ban the word bullpen out of a consideration for the bovine species. Word suppression leads to verbal suppression and self-censorship. One survey discovered that nearly two-thirds of Americans said that the political climate today keeps them from expressing their beliefs, and an even higher percentage of conservatives felt compelled to keep their beliefs to themselves. We should support free speech and criticize attempts to suppress speech through speech codes or social intimidation. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Now, on another topic, you've also heard me say that liberals, leftists, frankly, many Democrats, I think of the elitists in this class, not so much the rank and file folks who are just out there working every day. Their mother was a Democrat and their grandmother was a Democrat and their daddy was a Democrat and their great, you know, they're just kind of going along. But these elitist Democrats, these high leftists, if you will, are the biggest racists on the planet. And they are always trying to accuse someone else of being what they themselves are. They are projecting. So here's what I want to get to. Governor DeSantis issued a little warning to looters saying, I would, I'm here again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said essentially, I would not advise looters to be going and, and looking for, going into people's houses, looking for property to steal and so forth. And he says, we are a Second Amendment state. Now, I, do you consider that offensive or or irresponsible or I mean to me what he's saying is people have a right to defend their property and we do believe in the first amendment I mean the second amendment in Georgia and you might get shot I mean that's what he's saying right I'm just taking it to a more explicit level but that's what he's saying And what he's saying is right. You don't have a right to be going in and taking other people's property. And you could get shot doing that. Not that anybody ought to kill somebody over property. 
But you know what that leads to. You go in to steal. You get confronted. Suddenly, you uh, you want you don't want to get caught. Now you have to hurt the person who's caught you. You could end up losing your life. Okay, so that's what he was saying, basically. Perfectly reasonable, per- perfectly rational. Joy Reid, however, who has got to be one of the dumbest people on the planet. I'm serious. She's just got to be. I, I think you'd need a magnifying glass and a pair of tweezers and, and a, a map to, to, to search the globe trying to find something or somebody dumber than Joy Reid. So here's what Joy Reid says after Governor DeSantis says that. She says, in effect, that Governor DeSantis is a racist. Right, he's a racist. Because somehow he is encouraging people to shoot black folks. Now, did he say anything about black people? No. Did he say anything about race? No. He simply said, I would advise against looting. Joy Reid calls that racist. Now, this is what I mean when I say this is how racist these people are. Because what she's got to be saying, doesn't she? That black people are looters. I mean, what else could she mean? Because my thought is, I I don't think about the race of a person. I just think about somebody who's decided this is an opportunity for them to go take something that doesn't belong to them. And I don't think about the skin color of the person. I don't think about what they might look like. But she immediately jumps to the conclusion that he's making a racist statement, which means that in her mind, in her warped, perverted mind, what little bit of it she has, that is an attack on black folks, which means that she thinks that black people are looters. But she's calling DeSantis a racist. Who's the racist? He didn't say anything about people's race. And, 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 and we all know, don't we? We all know. Anybody could decide they're going to try to take advantage of the situation. People of any background could do that. But oh, no, 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 no. Warning against looting people's houses must be racist. In fact, Jim Hansen said in a tweet, is Joyce saying only blacks loot? <laughs> Seems a bit racist. <laughs> I mean, this is what I mean about how dumb these people are. Because how dumb Joy Reid is, particularly, because here she is trying to accuse DeSantis of being a racist when she shows herself to be the racist in chief. But here again, the left, you know, there was a study out of, I don't know whether I kept it somewhere, but Harvard did a study several years ago, I think I shared it on the air, in which they said that conservatives, when they speak to black folks or Hispanic people, speak to them the same way they would anyone else. In other words, they don't condescend, they don't change the language they use, they don't change what, however they speak to people, that's how they speak to you regardless of the color of your skin. But they found out that they studied liberals and they found out that when liberals talk to those whom they would describe as quote unquote people of color, they dumb it down because they think that they're too dumb to understand if they don't dumb it down. That was a Harvard study. These leftists have a condescending attitude toward people because they have a superior attitude about themselves and they see themselves as the saviors of all the little downtrodden people, the quote-unquote people of color, Like as I've said many times before. I've never met a person without color. Have you? Everybody I've I've ever met has color. Everybody. Their shades are different. 
of a whole variety of shades, but they've all got color. But that's the way the left thinks. And frankly, that's the way they want all of us to think. That's the way they want our children to think. They want to impose that on the culture. As I've said, they call themselves progressives, but they're actually regressives because what they're really doing is tribalizing us. They want to revert back to a kind of tribal society in which everybody is at each other over the scarce resources available, which is how aboriginal societies had to live because resources were scarce. And people fought and clawed and killed and, and, and did whatever they needed to do in order to get what they needed to survive. And that's where the left is trying to take us. Here's one other thing. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of the Second Amendment, John Fetterman, who is running in Pennsylvania, has said earlier, I guess he wants to, he's, he's trying to be like, uh, what's the, what's the, the, uh, the, the pseudo Hispanic candidate, what's he call himself? Uh, well, it'll come to him, but you know the right. Um, but his real name is 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 uh, Kirkpatrick or Fitzpatrick or something. Beto, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke. This guy's trying to be like Beto, but guess what? Now he's saying, "Oh no, no, no! I I I never said because what he said was what he's advocated is no, no, no. We don't need to ban the sale of rifles and AR-15s." We need to confiscate them. We need to outlaw them. He says, no civilian should be allowed to have an AR-15. I don't understand how this guy is doing so well in the polls in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Pennsylvania, folks. Pennsylvania's got a lot of wooded areas. There are a lot of hunters in Pennsylvania. There are a lot of, 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 of outdoors people in Pennsylvania. How in the world can anybody be supporting this guy who is so anti-American. I mean, I think the guy is, frankly, a communist. I think he, he wants to be a, another Fidel Castro or something, but he certainly wants to disarm everybody. So I just thought, thought I'd throw that in there, the contrast between him wanting to be a U.S. senator and, and Ron DeSantis saying, Florida is the Second Amendment state, and saying it with some pride. Uh, last thing. And then I'll come to your calls in the next segment. I've been saying that we need to do something about big tech. And of course, the argument, well, they're private companies. They're private companies. They're not bound by the Second Amendment. They're not bound by the First Amendment. Well, guess what? A, um, reported in Breitbart, a coalition of globalists, academics, and private companies uh, it's, it has been learned, have been working with and cooperating with the federal government to censor websites and news during the 2020 election that they consider to be, uh, well, shall we say, um, inaccurate, inappropriate, uh, misinformation. In other words, these companies are, I said it before, they're arms of the government. They're arms of the Democrat Party. And apparently the federal government has actually been issuing something they call tickets coming from Homeland Security and the State Department, issuing something they call tickets that they transmit to big tech, flagging people in comments that they think should be suppressed. The tickets contain a warning label. You know, I said, we don't yet have a totalitarian government, thank God, but you know what? We, we are definitely moving toward a totalitarian culture. When the government is telling communications businesses, here's what you should allow to be heard, and here's what you should not allow to be heard, that is not freedom, that's tyranny. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. 
1953, authorities found a Japanese soldier hiding in the Philippine jungles. The soldier, who had been hiding there for nine years, was unaware that World War II was over. The poor soldier wasted nine years of his life, foolishly, hiding in the jungles. As strange as that story may seem, it is not as strange as another that could be told over and over again of countless individuals who are hiding, they think, from God. We're much like the first man, Adam. We know we've sinned against him and attempt to hide behind the bush. Well, not literally behind the bush, but we hide. Sometimes we blame it on our work. You see, we work on Sunday, or so hard during the week, or our job is so confining Sometimes we hide behind the faults of others. Oh, Joe is a Christian, and look at him. Sometimes we hide behind our independence. I don't need God. However we do it, there are indeed many who are hiding from the God who searched for Adam and for us. It's true that God is searching for us. We don't have to hide anymore. Jesus taught us that. God is not a God that we have to hide from when we have sinned against him. He is a God that will forgive if we will only ask Him with a devout heart. This is one of the greatest truths that the Galilean ever proclaimed. Remember that younger son who had sinned against his father? Remember how the father loved him and ran to meet him? Well, God is like that father. God is searching because He loves us. That was the reason for the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection. He was searching for man, trying to bring all men to Him. We cannot, even though we try, hide from him. Even though Adam hid himself, and even though we're told God asked where he was, God knew where he was. Adam couldn't hide, neither can we. We can ignore him, or disregard him, or even run from him, but we cannot escape him. The soldier in the Philippine jungles was living under the false assumption that if he was found, some terrible and lasting punishment awaited him. For that reason, he dared not expose himself. And there are those who are fleeing from God, hiding from him, because they believe some terrible and lasting punishment awaits them. The soldier found that those whom he thought to be his enemies had become his friends. That's what the repentant human finds about God. Thinking he was going to punish, they find forgiveness when they truly ask for it. Why did the soldier remain hidden all those years? because he made no attempt to find out the facts of the situation. Why do so many of us hide from God for so long? For the simple reason that we've made no attempt to find out the facts about the love of God. Thinking ourselves safe and secure apart from God, we wind up losing everything God has promised and has in store for us. The greatest injustice that we could do ourselves would be to remain hiding and fail to seek the love of God which awaits us. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I'll start taking your calls in a moment. But this consortium that I just mentioned is called the Election Integrity Partnership. The Election Integrity Partnership. It's made up of the Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and Graphica, which is apparently a social media analytics company made up of those four groups. Now, what they did... They offered their services to the federal government to help them to flag information that they considered to be inappropriate, misinformation, et cetera, et cetera. And so they created this ticket system so that the federal government can give them a ticket flagging certain information that it has found, Homeland Security, the State Department, and then they pass that ticket along to big tech so that big tech then can put a warning label or 
suppress or punish or ban whatever that information is. It is coming straight from the federal government. Now, I know you have to be asking the question, wait, wait, how can that be legal? Maybe we have a First Amendment in this country. Well, you have to remember, they don't care. Because unless somebody discovers this, which we now know about it, and then somebody goes in and sues, you need to have standing, you need to have been in some way victimized by it, but that's the nature of conspiracy, isn't it? That it you hide from people what you are really doing, so it's very difficult for them to do anything about it because they don't really know what's going on. And even if they know or suspect, they can't find facts because everything is under cover of darkness. So get this. The Election Integrity Partnership actually allows tickets to be filed by the Democrat National Committee, Common Cause, the NAACP, and who knows what other liberal groups. When, when, you, when you actually understand what is going on here, when you actually hear this stuff, you realize we are in a situation where there, are, there is a group of people who are, they are always accusing us of being a threat to democracy. There's a group of people who are a direct threat to our constitution and our way of life because they simply don't care about that. They only care about their power over us. Because you, it just doesn't get any more stark than that. You've got a group of big tech elites working with Homeland Security and the State Department to determine who gets censored and what information is suppressed. And they say these are their standards. They want to collaborate to end, quote unquote, rumors, misinformation, disinformation, especially about election processes and procedures. <laughs> In other words, <coughs> in other words, if you catch us cheating, we want to suppress that. We want to make sure that you don't get to say that anywhere. <laughs> I mean, the Election Integrity Partnership. Oh, my goodness. Talk about Orwellian 1984 stuff. It's about election non-integrity. And you got the federal government working with them. And by the way, folks, you all are always asking about this. Yes, they are planning to do the same thing in 2022. And I'm sure it's already been happening. 888-589-8840 is the number. 888-589-8840. We got some lines open. Let's take your calls. Let's go to Joshua in Georgia. Joshua, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question and a comment. How bad sure. are you hearing there's supposed to be food shortages next year? My question is, how bad do you think it'll be? And before you comment on that, let me just say, there's, a, there's something in Habakkuk 3 that says, the prayer of Habakkuk, Habakkuk, or whatever. So the the uh, labor of the olive may fail, mm-hmm. though there be no fruit on the vine. I mean, the, the vine will cast its fruit, though there be no sheep. The sheep will be cut off in the flocks, yeah. be cut off in the field, though there be no cattle in the stalls. I will rejoice in the lot, in the God of my salvation, and, and rejoice in, in the strength Amen. of my God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joshua. I don't know, Joshua. I don't know. I know they're preparing in Great Britain for what they consider might be some very serious food shortages. I don't know how bad it will get in this country. I I would say this. And, you know, there was a time I would have never even thought about this. Uh, You know, that's 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 just that's just fear mongering. But I say people ought to be prepared. Really, people ought to be prepared. You know, uh, stock some stuff away Um, because you you just never know, folks. 
you just never know. Because the way these people are playing around with our lives, it, 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 you, you simply can't take anything for granted, right? You simply can't take anything for granted. 888-589-8840 is the number. By the way, I know that scripture by heart because I've quoted it literally thousands of times. Even though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive may fail and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herds in the stall. Still, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation for he shall make my feet like hinds feet and make me to walk upon my high places. And what a scripture that is. You know, that's telling us, folks, that we've got it no matter what's going on. We've got to trust in the Lord. Just just keep our eyes on him. Stay focused on him. That's why we don't walk in fear and we don't we don't allow ourselves to get anxious and depressed and despairing. And oh, woe is me, because we know in whom we have believed. And the word of God says those who dwell in the secret place of the most high abide under the shadow of the almighty. And we will say of the Lord, he is our refuge, our fortress, our God in him. We will trust and he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover us with his feathers and under his wings. We shall take refuge. His truth shall be our shield and buckler. And we will not be afraid of the hour that flies by day or the pestilence that walks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. Praise God. That's, that's got to be the source of our confidence, folks. Okay, let's get back to your calls. Let's go to Rick in Virginia. Rick, welcome. Yes, Rick, you on. Oh, yes. Hey, Bishop, how you doing, my friend? I am blessed, my friend. How are you? Man, I am blessed as well, man. It's Praise always a God. Blessing to hear you talking. Um, your ministries on Sundays, man, and um, your ministry Thank is you. a blessing, I, I, I tell you. And Thank love you, Rick. you for that. God bless you and your family. Now, I just want to ask you, you think going to be a fair election this midterm? Now, <laughs> Look, I think we can, make, we can make it fair. I think we can make it fair. That's all, that's all I can say. I think we can make it fair. If we are vigilant and diligent about watching these polls and getting into these electoral election uh, agency positions, yeah, at the election board positions. We've got to take over these positions and watch these things like a hawk. If we take anything for granted, we won't have fair elections, and they'll cheat their way to victory. Oh, so, yeah, just like, well— they don't have the aid of um, Dr. Fawcett, so um, the pandemic is going. So they can use that <laughs> right. for, um, for a high, um, high male voter fraud. So I believe they stole the election. Um, well, um, I believe they cheated on the election with massive uh, male voter fraud. I really oh, believe I that. I can't prove it, but I believe it. Yeah, well, Rick, there's plenty of evidence to show that there were so many different methods they used in the 2020 election. That anybody who says, oh, no, it was, as they tell us, it was the most fair election and honest election in history, they're pipe dreaming. Thanks for the call, Rick. Back in a moment. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe vs. Wade has been overturned. 
Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. If you know you only have 10 minutes of solid conversation, give your spouse, your husband or your wife, the full 10 minutes. That's why I like FaceTime, because you can't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> this is Focus on the Family Minute with Gary Thomas. Look at each other face to face, and it's better to say, I'm yours for this amount of time, and then, you know, I I'm tired and I gotta go off. And, and one woman said her, her husband would call her when she was at work, and, and she would just be up front. Hey, babe, I've got five minutes before I have to be in this meeting, but I'm all yours for five minutes. And so she would listen and engage. And, and I think that's where just be intentional when you are communicating and then just admit when you're at the end. For, for Baron and Christine, a high-low was really helpful to set up their conversation. What's the high point? What's the low point? More from Gary at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number is 888-589-8840. Let's come back to your calls. Let's go to Tom in Ohio. Tom, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, Bishop. God bless you. How are you doing today, sir? Bless, sir. How are you? Doing wonderful. Good. Hey, Bishop, I just wanted to uh, uh, drop in my two cents uh, about this so-called... Uh, possible food shortage here in our futures uh, I currently deliver materials out into the fields for these new solar farms and uh, believe it or not we're destroying thousands of acres of farmland and installing solar panels so how can we be worried about food shortages when we're literally destroying farm property wow that, now you know what Tom, that's the first time I've heard that. They're actually taking farmland and using it to put these solar panels on it. Oh, yes, sir. Bishop, I can't believe that, that no one has taken a drone and flown over any of these solar farms. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable, sir. I mean, the wind farms are, are wonderful compared to the solar farms. At least you can still farm under these giant windmills. But the, the solar farms, there's literally no place to grow anything. Wow. Tom, thank you so much for the call, and thank you for that, uh, that information. You know, I see these wind farms, folks, and it just, I just shake my head. These, these are supposed to be environmentalists, right? And they're putting these gigantic machines all over the horizon so you look up and you don't see sky, you don't see mountains, you don't see trees. No, no, you see these gigantic windmills. And this is supposed to be, oh, we're, we're, we're going into a brave new world. These people are, are really, they, they just, they don't, they really don't have a clue uh, in terms of doing anything that makes sense. But of course, we know it all makes sense to them. Uh, and then now we hear using farmland for solar panels. Yikes. Yeah, we, we do need to be praying, folks. We definitely need to be praying. Okay, let's go to Shirley in Tennessee. Shirley, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. I wanted to just say, number one, Thank you for this awesome show. You are an anointed man of God, and anybody who can hear your voice knows it. And if anybody is you. not listening to your program, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. If anybody's not listening to you on Sunday, then that's a shame, because the sermons are off the chains. 
anyway, as far as prepping, even my great-grandparents kept a pantry full of food, canned food. They would can their own stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and put it in jars and things. And nobody accused them of being crazy. If Noah would have listened to people saying don't prep, he would have never built the ark. (laughs) Therefore, there would be no people here today. So I just want to tell everybody, I believe in prepping. If I'm crazy, I'm crazy, but I'll be right in the end. And hopefully everyone, as they prep, will think about their neighbors and others because some people are just blind. And mm-hmm. But when when help is needed, we're going to have to reach our hands out and open it to them. And last but not Amen. least, I agree with you with that Bible verse. I love that Bible verse because he said he, we don't have to be afraid of noisome pestilence. And Amen. when COVID came out, I told the Lord I'm not taking a, vi- a vaccine because I'm not afraid. The Lord will take care of me. And Amen. so y'all hang in there and God bless you. God bless you, Shirley. Thank you so much for the call. And you know, Shirley, you reminded me of something that I'd forgotten. You know, when I was in foster care, my foster mother, who was born in Farmville, Virginia, but grew up, I believe, in South Carolina, she canned. And and in their little shed kitchen, there would be jars of all kinds of stuff, fruit and this. I didn't understand it as a kid. I didn't know what it was all about. But you're right. I mean, that was something that people used to do. And nobody said, oh, that's really crazy. Why Why are you doing that? But they were preparing for the possibility that they would need food and would not have it. And there would be canned goods that they had canned themselves that would be available to them. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's go to uh, Mark in Michigan. Mark, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Is this Bishop? This is he, Mark. Bishop, I appreciate your show, and uh, I would just like to ask you, I live in Michigan, and we're in a real challenge here with our governorship, and mm-hmm. if we could get a, a few of you um, men that would go out of color and go to some of these cities and talk to the people and try to tweak their minds and, and open their eyes to the fact that they've pretty much been in bondage with these Democrats forever, and uh, we need to shift some of that vote to the conservatives. We we Christians are always on defense, and we need to go on offense. So we need to get you out of the studio with a few other men <laughs> of like mind and, uh, and stir it up a little bit. If we don't, I'm afraid for what our future holds for us. Well, Mark, I tell you something. I just got a, I said I just got a conference call with uh, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson, and my organization is – Stand, Stand America, the, the PAC side, is running ads all over the country. Now, we, we hadn't hadn't really planned to run ads in Michigan, but, but we had kind of had that as a second-tier possibility. And traveling, of course, into these places and holding meetings whenever we can to try to talk to folks and help them to see, just as you said, Mark, how in the world, particularly, first of all, if you're black or Hispanic, These Democrats are destroying your communities, destroying your families, destroying your education, destroying public safety, destroying job opportunities by bringing all of these illegal immigrants across the border. How in the world can you vote for them if you've got good sense? But then if you're a Christian, oh my goodness, then the case is even stronger How can you vote for people who think that killing an unborn baby is no big deal, who think that marriage can be anything you basically define it to be, and that that there's no such thing as male or female, and we can't really define what a woman is, and all all of this craziness. These people should not be getting the votes of black and Hispanic and and, and other people uh, of, of minorities from wherever who they claim to be champions of. They should not be getting their votes. And so you are absolutely right, Mark. Thank you for the call. We're on it already. We just want to do more. And folks, if you want to know more about that, go to standamericapac.us, standamericapac.us, and help us to keep getting that word out because it really desperately needs to be said over and over and over and over and over again. And I've been saying it, by the way, if you go on YouTube, I think my YouTube videos are still there, even though I've been blocked now. Uh, there's, a, there's a video called Exodus Now. That video's got to be 11, 12 years old. That thing had about 2 million hits. Um, and it was basically a plea, a plea to the black voter. Stop voting for these Democrats. 
come out of that 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 captivity that they hold you in. Now you got me started there, Mark. But yeah, something something def, des, desperately needs to be done. We're doing what we can. We'd like to do more, and with more resources, we will. Wow. Got a full plate here. I'll get as many of you in as I can. Let me try to get you in uh, on the basis of when the calls came in. Let's go to Martin in Tennessee. Martin, welcome. Hello, Bishop. How are you? Great, Martin. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Um, well, the first point I wanted to make it was about the elections until the Dominion system is banned from uh, our election mm systems, I don't think anything is going to change. I don't think anything has significantly changed with the Dominion system, and the Dominion system is the system that was used to rig elections in uh, Venezuela. We see what uh, is happening there now. Yeah. One of the most wealthy countries on the planet, uh, and uh, now they are eating uh, zoo animals. So, oh my uh, goodness gracious! I don't know what we've got to do. Yeah. We've got to we got to sharpen our teeth because we're in a back alley brawl, and if we don't uh, find something deep and uh, uh, start mm. putting some licks on these guys, they're going to have us. Martin, thank you so much for the call. And look, I I, I agree with you. Um, I, this is a state by state decision, and what I've said is. All the states controlled by Republicans really ought to be working hard on election integrity. And if these Dominion systems are questionable, and I've heard lots and lots of questions about about their efficacy and and how they can be used, get rid of them. In fact, by the way, folks, call me old fashioned. I like going back to old fashioned paper ballots. I mean, you know, and and voting on Election Day. Yeah, like I said, call me old-fashioned, but I think that worked. <laughs> Let's go to Keegan in Ohio. Keegan, welcome. Hello. Thank you, Bishop, for taking my call. Um, Thanks for calling. I had a question. If you had heard anything about the website or the ads about He Gets Us? No, I haven't. Okay, I was watching a football game the other day, and this, this ad came up, and it was talking about Jesus, and it says, the name of it, he gets us. So I decided to look it up because I was hesitant to believe anything from a NFL advertisement. And I looked it up and it was talking about Jesus as a person and nothing about being the son of God, nothing about the divinity of Jesus, but saying how he didn't judge and this and that. And wow. It takes away all spiritual aspects of who Jesus was. But they're posting it on NFL games, on college games, and, wow. and it's kind of sickening to me because yeah. I, I wanted words. to look it up to see if it was valid, and they're, they're posting this stuff. Thank, listen, I'm, I'm almost at the end of the program. Thanks for the call, Keegan. Let me get one more person in here. Yeah, they're secularizing Jesus is what they're trying to do. Ben in Kentucky. Ben, it looks like you're going to probably get the last word. Go right ahead. Thank you, Bishop. I was just calling with reference to the caller earlier about the uh, solar farms uh, mm -hmm. using up all the American farm ground. I actually have a farm in Kentucky here that I own that signed up for a solar program. It's paying three times the amount my landlord's share is. I think people need to do some research on where wow. our food, our grain and beef and pork actually goes when it leaves our American farms. They'd be surprised. Wow, Ben, thank you for confirming that. That's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, though. In the meantime, stand up, step up, speak up. Please make sure you vote. We're, we're going to keep working on election integrity. We're not giving up on that. But in the meantime, we've got to all vote. Knowing this, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.